0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our interview with the editor of Jojo Rabbit, Tom Hanks. Are you ready for the best weekend ever? Yes, I am! (laughs) My old friend. Hi, Adolf. What's wrong, little man? They call me a scared rabbit. -rabbit. Let them say whatever they want. People used to say a lot of nasty things about me. Oh, this guy's a lunatic. Oh, look at that psycho. He's going to get us all killed. All right, everyone. I'm being joined right now at the moment here on the Next Best Picture podcast by Tom Eagles, the editor for a lot of Taika Waititi's films. You've probably seen his work in Hunt for the Wilder People*, What We Do in the Shadows, and most recently now, Jojo Rabbit, which just recently won the TIFF Audience Award at the Toronto International Film Festival. Tom, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? We're doing pretty well
0: over here, all things considered. I mean, we're talking to you after all, right? (laughs) And it's about a film that we all love. So I want to just start off by saying congratulations on the movie. Um, I saw Jojo Rabbit a few weeks ago, and I was absolutely floored by it.
1: Wow, well, thank you. It's lovely to hear.
0: Absolutely. When they uh, asked me who I wanted to speak to uh, from the film, I was like can I please speak to Tom? I was like, I got to talk to him about the editing on this movie. (laughs) But I think before we get to Jojo Rabbit, the first thing I want to ask you is, how did you get involved in the business of uh, film editing? And uh, how did your collaboration with Taika Waititi ultimately begin?
1: Um, I kind of came to to editing sideways a little bit. I sort of had a whole other career as a promo director, making promos and trailers for... um, Initially, for broadcasters in New Zealand, so I was doing that um and that was fun, but I wasn't really involved in filmmaking, which is what I had kind of got into it all, hoping to do and I think like most of us, we want to tell stories so through that i I had found that editing was often the most enjoyable part of the process for me, you know, crafting a story purely through the pictures and words that had already been recorded, and so i rang up a friend who was an assistant editor and he got me a job assisting. So I I kind of switched. Nice. And then I met Taika. Uh, I mean, the first time I met Taika, I woke up and he was on my couch. He was kind of uh, (laughs) couch surfing a lot in in those days. No fix to bow for a little while. So, um, But really, I got to know him through my wife, Danelle, who's a makeup and hair designer, uh, starting with Boy and then a bunch of his other pictures. So, although I was already, I, I'd stopped doing the trailer thing, uh, and I was editing. Taika asked me to do trailers for Born, and so that was the kind of first collaboration. And then, um, when I really started editing for him, was uh, what we do in the shadows, which
0: I just recently watched. Uh, you know, uh, I said when I watch, I watched it the other night, and one thing that I've noticed in the films that you've worked on with Taika is uh, the timing, because. Timing is so, so crucial when doing comedy, and Taika Waititi has a very, very specific brand of comedy. How often do the two of you talk about the rhythm and the pacing of the movies in order to hit that specific uh, comedic beat that is synonymous with his name?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it's not so so much something that we spend a lot of time talking about, but we just spend a lot of time doing it and, and just feeling it out. So it's very organic. It's quite organic. And I think we probably share quite a similar sensibility in in that sense. It may be something to do with coming from New Zealand. I think probably most American editors would cut things a bit tighter, but sometimes the humor is in the dead air, you know, uh, especially for that film. Oh, yeah. The awkward moments and the things that go on a bit too long. So timing something you can't, uh, you know... you can't really write a rule book for it you just have to feel it out uh, and each film has its own unique sense of timing or its own unique requirements absolutely what what did you find was the unique
0: requirement for JoJo Rabbit i mean obviously it is a satire of world war 2 but um was there anything specifically about JoJo Rabbit that you approached of, from a different angle uh specifically
1: well i mean tone was a it was a real Tight rope walk for us given the subject matter, you know, and, and it was always kind of at the forefront of our minds. Obviously, humor is a, a huge part of Tucker's filmmaking, but it's particularly with this film kind of crucial to re-engaging people with this subject matter and um, humor kind of opens a door for people sometimes, shows them things that maybe they don't want to look at or talk about or feel that they already know. Mm. So humor was always key, but we had to make people feel comfortable that they could laugh. So it was always a, a very delicate balancing act. And then, uh, the counterpoint to that was, um, was, you know, we didn't ever want to flinch from the subject matter or bevel off the edges. It's, you know, it is a dark, I mean, I, I'm not even sure if it's a comedy, but if it's a comedy, it's a dark comedy, it's a black comedy. Um, and, uh, you know, an important theme for me, that some people flinch from a little bit was um, Jojo and Rosie just, you know, walking into the square and coming across the corpses of some resistance fighters. Yeah. In the same way that um, the opening scene sets a, a comedic tone and says, you know, this is a film about Nazis and it's going to make you laugh and you might not feel comfortable with that, but that's what this film is. Um, mm-hmm. Equally, the scene, that scene sort of says, yes, this is a film about Nazis and this is what. Nuffies do. Um, and it kind of tips the hat to where the film was headed. So it was a, from that point, it's a kind of a, a slow slide from quite broad comedy into quite genuine, heartfelt, emotional drama at, at points, but we never wanted to abandon the comedy. So although we stripped out a lot of laughs in the, in the third act, we always kind of tried to stay true to, to what we had established. So the hope is that people walk out of the theatre thinking and feeling that they've seen comedy, but also having engaged on an emotional level and, and um, thinking and hopefully debating a lot
0: yeah well it, it definitely worked for me I, I laughed plenty um, I definitely caught on to the emotional beats when I needed to the horrifying moments when I needed to and I think that's all present there in a way to tell an entertaining story but also not lose the serious aspects of what it is you know that you guys are dealing with in terms of uh, the material so I think there is a good balance here and anyone that says that there is an imbalance I, I, I I'm not sure what they might be bringing into the story uh, themselves but that's that's for a whole other discussion. I think what's on the screen is definitely what was intended ultimately. And I I guess that leads into my next question, which is um, from script to editing. um, Since you have worked with uh, Taika before, you know, the editor is usually known as the last rewrite on a uh, screenplay. And with uh, material such as this, I'm just curious how much this movie might have changed in the editing room.
1: Well, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, I feel like it's very true to the spirit of the original script, the way I read it. Anyway, there's a lot of reduction and and reduction is um, uh, a wonderful tool to kind of clarify your story and your characters. So we just found that the most engaging thing and the, the real story we wanted to tell was the relationship between Jojo and Elsa. So... I think initially we were afraid, actually, that uh, we'd be spending too much time in the room and it would get claustrophobic and maybe it would be boring. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we found the opposite was true. Like every time Jojo went out into the world for too long and was away from Elsa, you know, the, that's when we felt like we were treating water and we wanted to get back to that relationship and and move on to the next, you know, beat of, of that relationship as they slowly kind of thaw to each other and come together. Mm-hmm. So in, in that sense, you know, it was just a refining. And we did really test the structure. I mean, all of Tucker's other films that I've worked on, the structure has been quite fluid. And, um, you know, obviously what we do in The Shadows is largely improvised around a loose structure. And w- even Wilder People, I think, maybe even more so, we moved everything around in the second act and, and to some degree the first. We tried that with Jojo, but um, at the end of the day, the scripted structure, was what we end up with, was, was pretty close to what was scripted. Nice. And those scenes kind of have a, just a nice kind of accretion of detail. Those those scenes between Jojo and Elsa, we found that you couldn't really reorder them that much. Mm. Um, there was just this kind of accumulation of um, of connection between them. My
0: my favorite uh, sequence in the movie is uh, in terms of editing. I absolutely adored the opening musical montage uh, set to the archival footage uh, played hanging out over the uh, credits. Uh, I'm curious to know um, as someone who was you know obviously hands on with the shaping of this film, do you have a particular sequence in the movie that either you're very very proud of as an editor or is just simply your favorite?
1: I mean, I have to say I think the the one you've chosen is um for me was was kind of a lot of fun you know it's like a wrote this amazing kind of parable of, you know, Beatlemania um, meeting the kind of mass hysteria that existed around Hitler that we easily forget. You know, I think it's um, kind of easy to say that people were unwilling accomplices, but there was, uh, you know, a real love for him and people looked upon him as a, as a father figure. So we had to contextualize Jojo's beliefs and it was important to get some of the real history and some of the real world in there even though this is obviously Tyker's world and and seen through a child's lens mm-hmm. it was interesting to take that archive material and try and fit that into that world so i had a lot of fun you know getting a bunch of nazis and kind of rethinking them making them look like they're singing along to the beatles <laughs> and clapping the hands to the beatles and, and and playing along and we toyed with you know we had more of the real adolf hitler in there but it it wound up being more effective to kind of suggest him and, you know, play the back of his head or focus on the hands a lot because there was yeah. about those hands that really spoke to them, that mass hysteria. Um, you know, everyone reaching out to touch him and the uh, aping him with the salute. Yeah. It, it felt like a whole nation had kind of lost their minds. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Um, and then I always ask this question of editors, especially as someone who has actually uh, done a little bit of film editing myself, I understand that there are great moments and then there are also bad moments in the editing bay where sometimes you just can't seem to get a scene to work properly. Uh, There's just something that drives you absolutely up the wall. Uh, I'm just curious to know, uh, did you have a scene or anything like that that you just kept coming back to and kept on retooling over and over and over again in uh, Jojo Rabbit?
1: Um, I mean, you know, we we reworked all of the scenes over and over again extensively. Um, a lot of weight came out of everything, you know. So a lot of scenes were just reduced dramatically in terms of what was said, you know. Not necessarily. In yeah, terms it's a of very time.
0: T- it's a very tight movie. There, there's like no fat right. on this thing at all.
1: Right. I mean, a, a scene that was a bit difficult was um, uh, the scene where Alpha uh, tells Jojo. You're not a Nazi. You're a little kid who likes to dress up in funny costumes and wants to be part of a club. It was kind of a key moment that, but the scene was really long, and um, and the blocking was really complicated. So it was very it was quite hard to cut it down. Mm-hmm. So we sort of had little bits and pieces that we wanted to take from each of those moments and um, and compress the the scene. And sometimes we had to, you know, sometimes with tiger stuff because it's so beautifully composed and, um, he goes for these wonderful kind of static wides. Sometimes you can do split screens and, um, and little stitches and you can kind of take out a line or just zip out out some reaction time. You know, sometimes when he was coaching the performance, um, the timing therefore would be a a little off. So we used all of those tricks and that was one of those things that really required all of those little finicky tricks. Yeah. Including, you know, little fluid morphs and things that, that became kind of, um, simple VFX shots. So that was a tricky scene.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a playfulness in the editing and just the overall pacing of this movie that I think lends itself well to the overall tone and vibe that Taika is going for here. And I do think it's going to do uh, very, very well uh, for a wider audience when it does release on, I got this right here, October 18th, 2019, a few days away. Uh, So very, very much looking forward to the world seeing your work and this movie. Um, it's one of my uh, most enjoyable experiences in the movie theater of this year, and I hope others uh, see it for what it is. Um, Tom, thank you so much for uh, the time today. I really, really appreciate it.
1: No worries. Well, thank you
0: very much. That's lovely to hear. Absolutely. And uh, one last thing before you go. Uh, is there anything else that you're currently working on where people can check out your work next?
1: Uh, I'm not sure I can talk about what I'm working on next. That's fair. That's so, okay. for now, you'll have to... <laughs> have to to do with what's already been what's already out there no 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 that's totally fine hey
0: listen sometimes when we ask that question we don't know what kind of reply we're gonna get so it's totally cool i appreciate the time once again and uh as i said before jojo rabbit releasing in limited release october 18th and coming out in wide release soon afterwards tom thanks once again
1: thank you see you later
0: all right. Have a good one. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the editor for Jojo Rabbit, Tom Eagles, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player 8Cast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get exclusive podcast content from us, including a review of Taika Waititi's previous film, What We Do in the Shadows. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.